Proverbs chapter 3 tonight. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to talk about, we're going to look at Proverbs and what it has to say about financial irresponsibility. Ooh. All right. Now, let, let me say this to you about money. Money is a part of our lives. There's no escaping it. Uh, in fact, preparing people for marriage, one of the things that you always cover is the fact that money will be an issue between them. Because money's <clears throat> not as straightforward sometimes as we think it is. We all have different attitudes uh, towards money. We, we all have different priorities as far as money is concerned. And if we don't reconcile those priorities in, within a marriage, we end up with trouble uh, and difficulty, right? <clears throat> but <clears throat> I'm going to give you six principles tonight from the book of Proverbs that will help you with this area. And, and let me say this. What you're looking for financially is not to have a lot of money. That's not actually the issue. The issue is not having a lot of money. The issue is having financial freedom. You can be a widow on a pension and have financial freedom. That's just have your state pension, 200 uh, a week coming in, and you can have financial freedom. You can earn 100,000 a year and be slipping into debt and have no freedom. Freedom is about you being able to cover your costs and save a little. That's what it's about. And when you don't have freedom, financially what you have is you have uh, something that's biting at your heels all the time, creating stress and difficulty in your life. And none of us do very well with that. But the Bible gives us principles that will help us. Right? Now, <clears throat> you know, as with all the principles of the Bible, it's useless to you if you don't apply it. And the problem for us with money is that money's like an emotional issue as well. Right? Uh, money's an we can get attached to money. Very attached to money. You, you, you can get attached to looking at the bank balance when there's a few bob in it and think, that's nice. And fail to pay the bills because you like to look at the balance in the bank. I've seen people do that. You know, you, you, you can look at money and you, you, you can value it more than it should be valued and it'll get in your way. It'll hinder you and trip you up. Now, look, it's an essential of life in our day and age. There's no way you can avoid uh, living without money. You just have to take biblical principles and apply them in your life or it's going to create all kinds of difficulty that you don't want in your life, right? So six principles. We'll go through them real quickly. And I think if you apply these in your life, you will find that they work and that they help you enormously. So Proverbs chapter 3. We're in Proverbs chapter 3. <clears throat> Verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now, the first part of our principle here is this, right? That... You're going to depend upon God's wisdom, not your wisdom, when it comes to money. You're going to depend upon God's wisdom, not your wisdom. And then he tells us, uh, he applies it then to finances for us. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And then he says, verse 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. 
Father, would you help us as we look to your word, Lord? Help me to divide it rightly. And Lord, may your people take it on board and be blessed and encouraged by it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, let me say this before we start. I have... I, I, I believe no part of the prosperity gospel. Benny Hinn, by the way, uh, who is one of the big prosperity gospel proponents in the last couple of weeks, has come out with a very clear statement saying that uh, he no longer believes it, that it's not true. And I listened to his statement and he said, I don't want to go to heaven and be in trouble because of what I've been preaching. So he's changed his teaching on it, right? He's changed the thinking on it completely. The prosperity gospel basically means this. If you give God a lot of money, he's going to give you back a lot more. Right? And um, normally there's a preacher in the way, and it's if you give a lot of money to the preacher, God, through the preacher, you're going to get a lot of money. So the guys like Benny Hinn are fabulously wealthy. I mean, uh, uh, crazily wealthy. And <clears throat> that's not true. But do you know what you and I are supposed to do? We're supposed to honor God with everything in our lives, including our money. We're supposed to put him first. You see, you and I are to look at our money, not as this is mine, I'm going to do what I like with it. You and I are supposed to look at our money as this is a gift from God. He's blessed me with it, and I'm going to do what he wants me to do with it. I'm going, <clears throat> I'm going to honor God with my money. I'm going to take my money, and I'm going to honor God with it. And <clears throat> you will find that if you take the first portion of your money... And you give that to God. Uh, the Bible talks about a tithe. That's 10%. That's a great starting place. Uh, some people react when you say 10%. But you know what? God can make your 90% go much further than the 100% goes. Ask the people that have done it. Ask the people that have lived that way. Listen, God is able to bless you so that the 10% uh, is very workable. But you know what? It's coming to the place in your heart where you say, I want to honor you, God, with this. I want, to, I, I want to put you first, even in this area in my life. And you take and put God first uh, in your life. And it's with the first fruits. It's with the first portion. Because if you're like me, and if you wait, you know what? It's all gone. You need to honor God with the first portion of it. And so the 10% is the tithe. <clears throat> but it shouldn't stop there for you and I. You know, I know we don't consider ourselves to be, but we're fabulously wealthy. I mean, all of us. I mean, <clears throat> all of us are well-dressed. All of us have nice, warm beds to sleep in. We'll have heat when the weather gets cold. Um, we have more food than we can manage. Do you realize that we are very unusual in the generations that have gone before us and the fact that we worry about having too much to eat? Most people, that never entered into their minds. Uh, and in, in the world today, uh, you know, <clears throat> a huge portion of the world, more than half the world, that's not their problem. Their problem is not having too much to eat. Their problem is just finding enough to eat each day. We are fabulously wealthy. Now think about it. If God made you as wealthy as he did, do you think he wants you to look after some people that are not as wealthy? Do you think that God wants you to think about some people that don't have all that you have and, and give to them? and have a mind and a heart to them. Jesus taught much about the poor and giving to them. I, I think you need to be discerning in our day and age. Everybody who thinks they're poor are not poor. <clears throat> but there are poor people in our world, and I think you need to do something with that. And I think it's very easy to be in the place where our finances are just, you know, we're always in over our head, and we owe money, and we got this and that and the other going on, and we have no money uh, <clears throat> that we can spare uh, to pass on. Do, do you know what you need to do there? You need to plan 
your money out. The technical term for it is a budget. You say, I haven't got much money, so I don't need a budget. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you have, you need to have a budget, because if you don't have a budget, what will happen is your money will tell you where it's going. If you have a budget, the budget gets you, lets you tell the money where it's going to go. You plan to spend it before you ever get it. How are you going to spend it? And that's <clears throat> that will be quite a considerable amount of money over the years. To take if you earn, we'll say, we'll say you earn twenty-five thousand a year, which is you know not a high income at all for our. But you earn twenty-five thousand a year. Do you realize that in ten years' time you will have earned a quarter of a million euros? That's significant, isn't it? If you put a quarter of a million in a pile, that's, that's a lot of money. You know, if you earn more than that, if your family brings in more than that, you could very easily, over the next 20 years, you could have a million euros going through your hands. Now, we think of it in terms of, you know, of getting a million in a pile, but what's going to happen is that over the years, you're going to spend a lot of money. And if you don't plan how you're going to spend your money, it's just going to go. And somebody will ask you, where did it all go? And you're going to say, I don't know. It just went. I just spent it. I just living. Now think about it. You know, that's, that's, that's talking about the years that go forward. What about the years that have gone behind? You've, a lot of money's gone through your hands. Where is it all? You don't know, do you? You need to plan. Uh, you need to plan. And the beginning of your plan with your money is that you're going to honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your income. I think as believers, we ought to plan better than anybody else so that we can give. We ought to plan our money so that we can actually give to others so that we can be a blessing. Because God has blessed up and he blessed us and he hasn't blessed us to consume it upon ourselves. He's blessed us so that we can give. So that we can take care of other people. So that we can be a blessing to others. You can find that all through the scripture, right? God gave to us, and he says, now I want you to give. And, and I realize money is a touchy subject, and I realize giving money is a touch, touchy subject, and I realize it makes people react, but you know what? If I didn't deal with the issue of money from time to time, I wouldn't be dealing with the Bible, truly, because the Bible says we're supposed to give. So the question for you is, what are you doing about your giving? What are you giving? You say, well, I have nothing. No, you do. And by the way, uh, it's not about giving vast sums. <laughs> so many people say, well, when I have a lot of money, I'm going to do something. Guess what? You'll never have a lot of money if you do that. You need to start where you are right now. If you have a five or a week coming in, 10% belongs to the Lord, and find something to bless other people with. You say, a fiver? Listen, you know what? It's not a lot, but the, the heart that it displays is going to be a real help to you in developing an attitude for you honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. All right, <clears throat> second one is this. Don't let money become your passion. Right? Don't let money get too big in your mind. Don't let money be the main issue or even uh, the driving force in your life. You're worth more than that. Look at <clears throat> Proverbs 23, verse 4 and 5. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? 
For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. Now, <clears throat> very interesting part of that. He says, <clears throat> wilt thou set thine eyes on that which is not? Well, money is, obviously. It's kind of, kind of important. But you know, <clears throat> if you spend your life making money, you've spent your life for that which is nothing, is what God's saying. That's no big deal. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. <laughs> what it's saying there is if you put God first in your life, he's going to take care of you, and all that you need is going to be added unto your life. Now, if that's true, and it is, then why does money need to be the driving force in your life? Why does getting rich, what part does that play in the life of a believer? It doesn't. That's, that's not where we're supposed to go. That's, that's not where our focus is supposed to be. That's not what our lives are supposed to be uh, <clears throat> given to. God doesn't want you getting involved uh, in, to the level with money that, we're, that it becomes the driving force in your life. In fact, the, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil and that they that will be rich fall into a snare and all kinds of trouble in their lives. And it's the heart that goes after it. When we go after money, and money is the issue, and money is the thing uh, that we want, what happens for us is it kind of steals our heart from God. And nothing quicker to steal your heart from God. Because <clears throat> we tend to trust in it. We tend to think it can fix all our problems and can sort out all our issues. And, and we look at money and we think money is the deal, and God says, no, listen, don't. Yes, you should work. Look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 and verse 19 and 20. He that telleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that follow after, followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. You know, <clears throat> all of you have had somebody offer you a get-rich-quick scheme, haven't you? Somebody who told you, this is the way. I'm telling you, listen, you need to get in on the, on the, on the ground floor on this because this is going to make a lot of money. And, um, <clears throat> you know, if you get in on this, you're, 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 listen, you'll be set for life. Say no to it on the principle of what Scripture says to you. Just say no. Right? Do you ever think about this? <laughs> I, um, I was in, over in Italy the other morning, and I was standing in line, and the, <clears throat> the Euro Lotto is worth 190 million this week, right? That's a lot of money. Right? And the man in front of me, he's looking at it, and, and I'm saying to him, well, that, that, is, that would certainly change your life. And he says, yeah. He says, I'd buy a big house in Dorky. <laughs> that was his plan, if he wanted. But here's the problem. Now, you gotta, you got to stay with me here for a second, right? Because at first you're going to say, no way, right? 190 million would change your life. Very likely, not for the better. Do you know that? 190 million would change everything in your life. And it might not be for the better at all. 
I mean, you might have plans as far as your job and as far as <clears throat> if we go with the biblical concept here, tilling the land. Well, if you want 190 million, what's the point of getting up in the morning to till the land? So I'm going to make, you know, a thousand euros for a crop out of that field. Well, I have 190 million. It steals your thunder as far as life is concerned. It, it changes everything. You might be in a house that you're very happy with right now, but you know, it'd be 190 million. You could buy the house and dog if you wanted it. It just changes everything. And you know what? It's a rare person that can handle that kind of change in their lives. Most people don't. Most people wreck when they get their lives changed that way. Yeah. So here's the point I'm making. Labor not to be rich. Don't let that be the, the, what drives you. Don't let that be the thing that actually gets under your skin and, and pushes you. That's not a worthy, worthy goal for you. God's going to take care of you. You're going to be fine. You seek the Lord and go after him, and you're, you're going to find that, that he takes care of you, that he meets your need. And you, you, you know his way of taking care of you? He wants you to work. <clears throat> he wants you to work. That, that's his primary plan for taking care of us, is us working. Just getting out there and getting a job. I won't go off on the welfare system again, but you know what? The welfare system uh, is one of the greatest difficulties our country faces because if you can get 200 euros a week for just sitting at home watching the telly, where's the motivation to go out and work for 250 and have to pay taxes and get uh, all kinds of things? It's, it's killing us. But you know this about the welfare system? You'll never get ahead on the welfare system. Never will you get ahead in the welfare system. It, it'll limit everything in your life. It'll limit where you're going. You need to find a place where you can work and you can have gainful employment and you can be happy working because you're supposed to work. That's God's primary plan for blessing your life, that you work. And there's something about working that is just so good to us. We're made for it. We're all made for, for working, and that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to, uh, uh, to work. Uh, he wants you to till your land. Let me read you verse um, 22 as well. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. When you let money become the issue for you, uh, poverty comes with it. So, first principle is this. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of your, uh, all your income, right? The second principle is this. Don't set your heart on being rich. Don't set your heart on being rich. By the way, don't do this. I've seen so many Christians do this. Well, I want to be rich because when I'm rich, I will give. Now, here's the problem with you, you wanting to be rich and give. Does God really need you to be rich so that he can do what he wants to do in the world? No, he doesn't. He wants to give you a part of what he's doing and let you get involved in it, but he doesn't need you to be fabulously wealthy. He's not waiting for you to have a lot of money so he can do some of the projects he's got in mind. And, and really what happens is, laboring to be rich so we can give is you and I putting ourselves in the place where we want to play God in people's lives. And you know what? He doesn't trust many of us with that. He doesn't trust many of us uh, in that place. So, 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 first of all, honor the Lord with your first fruits. Secondly, don't make riches the focus 
of your life. Right? <clears throat> then, <clears throat> secondly, thirdly, rather, you need to be wise with the money that God has given you. And here's the reason. Your money is a stewardship God has given to you. Your, your money is something God has given you, because all, all that we have is received from the Lord. All that we have is given. <laughs> it is God that giveth thee the power to get wealth. It's God that gives you the health to work a job. It's God gives you uh, <clears throat> money that's his to take care of for him. You need to do it wisely. You, you need to do it wisely. You can imagine, if somebody said, came to you and said to you, right, listen, I have um, a million euros, and I want you to handle it for me. I want you to look after it. You've got complete control over it. I want you to take care of it for me. Now, you can pay your own expenses out of it, but I want you to look after it for me. You would be expected <clears throat> to have uh, some good plans as far as that's concerned. You would be expected to use it for the person who gave it to you for his benefit. Uh, you, you would be expected to be very careful with it. Do you know that's exactly where we're at with the money we have? It's not ours to do what we like with. The money's actually given to us by God, and, and he wants us to be involved in that. He wants to be involved in that, and he wants to look after it for him. So you and I need to be wise as far as handling our finances are concerned. And remember, if you just have 25,000 a year, every 10 years, that's a quarter of a million. Every 40 years, that's a million euros that's just gone through your hands. So, you know what? Everybody in this room has got a lot of money that they're dealing with. Because it comes to you in small chunks, it can feel like it's nothing. But the overall picture is it's pretty big, so you need to be wise in how you handle it. All right, so let's look at some verses that are going to help us here. Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, verse 10 and 11. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Now look at verse 18 and 19. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Now, do you know what the writer here is saying to you? He's saying to you, if you want to go after something, go after wisdom. Go after understanding. And go after <clears throat> learning how to do things God's way, because that's what wisdom is. <clears throat> Rather than you focusing yourself on making a lot of money... Focus yourself on God and on doing things God's way and let him guide you in your life as far as your finances are, are concerned. And, and what he does is he puts money and wisdom uh, as opposites to each other. And he says wisdom's far better. Wisdom is much more important in your life. <clears throat> the, the fruit of wisdom is better than gold. It's better than money. Now... <clears throat> We kind of know this one, too. Because we all know people that have foolishly spent money. Perhaps we've all foolishly spent money at some time or other. You did something with money, and you go, why did I do that? 
I look back before I was saved, and some of the things I did, I, I look back and I, I can't believe I did them because they were so daft. And then I began to learn a little bit about Scripture. And it's not that I don't make mistakes, but you know what? Some of the things I did before I was saved, I would never do if I'd known the Bible because the Bible's got clear principles that it just nails down as far as that's concerned. So you know what you and I need to do? You and I need to understand Scripture. We need to take on board the wisdom of Scripture so that it helps us to deal with what we've got. So a shift of focus here for us. I'm not going to go after money. I'm going to go after wisdom. And, and you know what's going to happen? I'm going to end up living better than if I had money. I'm going to end up living a better life than if the money thing came through. I mean, that, that lot of the 190 million, some poor soul is going to win it. And I say poor, I think they are a poor soul. I, I, I honestly don't think 190 million would help my life at all. Now, Val could spend it for me. I mean, she's, she's got that gift, all right? But I don't think 190 million uh, would help my life in the least. I think it would, I think it would create more problems uh, than, than, than it would fix. And you know, some guy's going to win that, and it's going to change his life now. Woe betide him, or her, if they are not wise already. Because they're going to go into a free fall and do silly things with it. You know what? You need wisdom. In fact, if you were ever going to handle large amounts of money, and God can do that, if you were ever going to handle large amounts of money, you would have to have learned wisdom first. That's the only thing that could help you to handle money rightly. You need wisdom. See what that means? That means you need to take the Word of God and you need to live the Word of God. I guarantee you this. For everybody in this room, there's a test coming. They're coming all the time. And God's going to say to you, okay, now here's what I, here's what I want you to do. Here's what my Word says. But here's a test. You've got to choose my way or your way. You know what I see so often? I see people saying, well, I'll have to do my way. I want to scream. I want to scream. I want to say, what are you thinking? Do you really think that you can be blessed? Do you really think that life can work out if you choose your way? But I see people doing that all the time. And it's, it's kind of, it's monotonous how badly it goes in people's lives. And you have to keep making that choice. Wisdom is hearing and heeding the word of God and living God's way. That's what wisdom is. And in order for you to do that, you're going to have to overcome, by the power of the Spirit, the rebel nature that's in you, and do things God's way. And, and if you don't, you'll never be fit for money. I'm not saying God's going to give it to you if you do, but you know, you'll never be fit for money. If you can't overcome the rebel nature uh, that, that's in you, that's in all of us, and uh, you, you, you submit yourself to God and learn wisdom in how to deal with it. And in all honesty, I don't, I don't think God's withholding money from most of us. I think, as he always does, he's saying, I'm not giving you that. That would just ruin you. I'm not giving you that. That would just destroy you. It's love. That holds it back. 
And you say, well, I wish you'd love me a different way. Right? Well, but he's not going to. Right? He's going to love you uh, the best way. And he's going to give you what's best for you. But if you haven't got wisdom, why would he give it to you? If you're not obeying him right now, why would he give you a lot of money? Be just to ruin you, wouldn't it? <clears throat> you look at a child, right? <clears throat> you know, and, and children want all kinds of things. Right? Well, we say you give a child a thousand euros in notes and you let them out to spend it and do whatever they want to do with it. First of all, they're really in danger because they have it. Secondly, they have no idea how to spend it well. So what you've just done is you've piled a heap of trouble on the child's head, haven't you? Now, if you train the child and teach the child and help the child and work with the child and the child submits to you, then you know that you can take a child and you, you can let them spend some money. But you don't just dump it on them when they're not ready. God will not dump something on you that you're not ready for. And I think most of us are never ready for that level of money. Don't go after it. It's not what God wants you to do. <clears throat> go after wisdom. Go after knowing him. Go after walking with him in wisdom, and you'll find <clears throat> it makes life a whole lot better. All right, uh, so number one <clears throat> is honor the Lord with your money, right? From the beginning, the first fruits, honor the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> number two is don't go after riches. And number three is do go after wisdom. Wisdom is far superior than money. Then number four is money brings problems. It just does. It brings problems. Oh, we can miss that one out. Let's, let's see some things uh, that money brings. Look at Proverbs 10, verse 15. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Now, what's wrong with the rich man having a strong city? Because you know what? He trusts in his strong city. And the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And you know that when you have money, it becomes hard, harder for you to trust in God and easier for you to trust in your money. That's a common problem for us, that, that we will actually trust in our money and not in God. And that's a false trust. That's a false security. Because there's so much that money can't buy. I was looking at a picture of Steve Jobs. and <clears throat> um, Because of the company he, he, he founded, he was one of the wealthiest men in the world. Well, he got uh, cancer. He got pancreatic cancer. <laughs> and he wasted away and died. And there was nothing his money could do for him. There's so many things money can't do. So many things that money won't help you with. Right? <clears throat> And it can give you a false sense of security. You know, <clears throat> money can give you friends. Look at Proverbs 19. Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Now, some of you have had money at some times in your lives, and when you have money, you have friends, don't you? It's amazing. You have friends that come out of the, uh, the woodwork. I tell you, whoever wins that money in the lotto, they'll have a lot of friends. 
I remember reading a biography of J.D. Rockefeller, right? And he came to a point where he had so much money he couldn't spend it all, and he knew he couldn't spend it all. And so he started giving the money away. He started giving the money away, and he said, he said this about it. He said, giving the money away was much harder work than earning the money. Think of the problems that you have with money. How do you know who's worthy and who's not worthy? How do you know who's pulling a fast one? How do, how do you know wh which person to give uh, the money to? You know, as soon as you have money, you have lots of friends, but you know what? They're not the kind of friends you want. And now you've got a whole different problem. What are you going to do with it? How are you, how, how are you going to give it away? Do you, do, do you see how good God is? He spared you from this one so far. Aren't you happy about that? That he spared you from having so much money that you had to have the difficulty of having friends that are not really friends. And in those times when you have had friends like the prodigal sons, son, as soon as the money was gone, the friends were gone as well, weren't they? Right? They're not friends at all. Right? <clears throat> Then there's the increased probability of arrogance and pride. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 23. The poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly. You know what? <clears throat> Money can make people arrogant. It can make them proud. And it can make them think like they're in charge. It can make them hard to be around. Let's face it. Um, <clears throat> and... In a, in a culture like ours, where money is so important, it's, it's, it's easy to get arrogant when you have money. It's easy to come to the place where you uh, feel proud and superior, and you've done it. I know you said, that wouldn't happen to me. But you know what? If it happens to the common lot of men, if the Bible says it can happen, it can happen to me and it can happen to you. You know, <clears throat> you'd end up trusting in the money, you'd end up uh, becoming arrogant, you'd end up with friends that you don't want. Um, so, you know, maybe it's not such a good deal. All right, number five, we're getting there. Number, we've got two more to go. Money cannot buy life's most important possessions. Think about it, all right? Money could buy a house. But a house can be a place of torment. It doesn't matter how nice it is, how big it is, how beautiful it is, how expensive it is. If you haven't got love in the home, it's going to be a place of torment. Right? <clears throat> now, let's, let's see some, some of the scriptures that are going to, going to help us here. <clears throat> um, can't buy you peace. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Got your big house, lots of money in the bank, lots of things, but it's a torment to you because the relationships are not, not right and things are wrong. Money can't buy you peace in your heart. Money can't buy you love. I'm not sure who wrote the song, but it's still rolling around in my head from days gone by. Uh, money can't buy me love. <clears throat> And it can't. And love's pretty important to us. In fact, if you watch people with money, one of the problems for them is it's very hard for them to discern who loves them and who loves their money. It just becomes a problem. Because a lot of people are interested that weren't interested when you hadn't got money. So it becomes very hard to work out uh, who's loving you and for, for what reason. Right? <clears throat> you see, that's one of the problems with the lottery. 
Sounds like such a neat idea, doesn't it? Somebody who's just an ordinary Joso gets to be fabulously wealthy overnight. Sounds like such a great idea. But the problem is that if you're not prepared to handle it, it could actually destroy you. Because it brings all kinds of problems. And so you and I need to be wise as far as this thing called money is concerned, right? And let me give you our last one, right? Uh, number six. I will if I can find it. <laughs> if handled wisely, money can be the means of great encouragement, but if handled, if mishandled, it can bring great stress. You know, <clears throat> here's the thing. Let's kind of think it through. All our hearts are covetous by nature. That's why God said uh, we're not to covet. We're not to covet what other people have. We're not to covet any of those things. And all our hearts are covetous by nature. And all of us think money would be the answer at some level. But you know what? It's not. Wisdom is the answer. And if you and I give ourselves to God, first of all, he's going to take care of us. Which means, from here to the day I die, God's going to meet my needs. He's going to take care of me. Now, I'm going to try and save a little for, for a pension. I'm going to try and <clears throat> prepare for it. But you know what? That's not what's going to make it happen for me. God's going to make it happen for me. He's going to take care of me today, tomorrow, and then if I seek him first, the Bible says. So you've got that. As his child, you seek God, put God first. He's going to take care of you. And secondly, when you seek wisdom, you get to get the real riches of life. That's, that's where the real riches are. They're, they're, they're in wisdom. They're in knowing him and walking with him and letting the word of God speak to your heart and life and letting God change you and make you wise and, and make you like the man in, in Matthew chapter 7 that built his house up on a rock. That's a great picture. Because uh, the wise man built his house upon the rock and his house stood. House is your life. The foolish man built his life upon sand. And the rains came and washed it out. The wise man was the man who heard and did what God told him to do. Do you know what you and I need to do? We need to hear and do what God would have us to do. We need to grow in wisdom. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if God did make somebody in this room fabulously wealthy, because he can do that too. But I guarantee you, if he does, it would be because you're wise enough to handle it and a caring, loving Heavenly Father has given you just what's good and what's right for you. And if he doesn't make you fabulously wealthy, he'll take very good care of you. And the reason he doesn't do it is because you're his child and he loves you and he's not going to give you something that's not good for you. And you know where all of that leads? All of that leads to the place where I can be contented in Him. I can be happy in Him. 
and I can look to him and depend upon him and I can be happy in him. And isn't that what we all want? So here's the thing. God's actually given you what you need tonight. He'll give you more. He probably will. He's generous to a fault. But he's given you what you need. And you start thanking him and growing in wisdom. And who knows what God's going to do in your life, but you know what? It won't matter. I love Abraham. Abraham, <clears throat> the great character in Scripture. Abraham was fabulously wealthy. But when you read what Abraham says and how Abraham lives, it's kind of like he didn't know. And you know what? And it didn't matter. Because money wasn't the issue. God was the issue in Abraham's life. He wants to be the issue in your life and my life too. Let's stand for prayer.